0: everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Democrat Gazette Senior Editor, and this is our final podcast of 2022, so we're doing what we did last year on our final podcast of 2021 and that's bringing in the Dean Emeritus of the Clinton School of Public Service the original political animal Skip Rutherford and Skip once again like we did a year ago doesn't seem like it's been a year but it it went fast we're going to review 2022 and maybe throw out some predictions for Arkansas for 2023. That sounds like fun Uh, 2022 is a great year to review and uh
1: I think there are going to be some exciting and probably uh, uh, controversial things happening in 2023.
0: Absolutely. We will get into first uh, politics, and then I want to get into the economic development realm because you and I love traveling to Arkansas and see what's going on on a statewide basis. But we'll start with politics. It was an election year, of course. This is now one of the reddest states in the union so i don't think there were any real surprises i guess if i had any surprise sarah huckabee sanders actually got a higher percentage of the vote than i was predicting i thought she'd be in the high 50s she was about 63 percent and I, again, I thought and you and I have talked about it on previous podcasts going into the election. I thought Chris Jones was as good a candidate as the Democratic Party could possibly field. You know, Rex,
1: I totally agree with you, and uh, and I think it's a credit to Sarah Huckabee Sanders for her big win. You know, I notice people talk about the role of women in in, in government, and again, I think when a lot of people talk about that, they tend to look at women from the left. And women, you know, the, the, the role of, of the Kamala Harris's and the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, and that's fair. That's certainly a, a fair thing to say. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Leslie Rutledge will be the first governor, lieutenant governor, women combination in Arkansas's history. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing to note about the 2022 elections. Not only did they win big but they broke new ground and, and both deserve credit for that, particularly Governor uh, Sanders. And I think it's a monumental thing for Arkansas to have a woman governor. I, I, you know, and again, when a lot of people think they, they think, well, you got it's, it, it's more the left. Well, no, I think the fact is Sarah Huckabee- Sanders broke the
0: barrier. And she will forever be remembered Mm -hmm. for that, Rex. Mm -hmm. She did. I I wrote a column recently in which I said what I have consistently said, and and that is I did not like her campaign. I think it could have been because she was going to win from the day she announced, frankly. It could have been a unifying campaign. Instead, it was a divisive campaign. That said... Once the transition kicked in, finally she talked about Arkansas on election night, which I thought was a great election night statement. Once the transition kicked in, I have personally been very pleased with her cabinet pick so far. Yeah,
1: I think she's done ai a, got to give her credit for that. I think the interesting thing about this election—and we talked about Chris Jones, who was a stellar candidate. One of, the, one of the more interesting things about this election is, yes, Sarah Huckabee won big, and Arkansas became even redder. But Pulaski County and particularly Little Rock became even bluer. And and Chris Jones deserves a lot of credit for keeping Pulaski County and Jefferson counties as islands of blue in a red sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at some of the numbers uh in Little Rock, Democrats were rolling up seventy percent of the vote. Pulaski County not as much. Right. But in Little right. Rock seventy percent. So, uh, you know, I grew up in baseball. You grew up in Arkadelphia. Well, you Spent most of your life in Arkansas. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, that's where I, I grew up. Yeah, but
1: but I th- I think when you look at the numbers in Little Rock, roughly seventy percent Democrat city of Little Rock, Batesville seventy two percent Republican. Mm-hmm. Hour and a half away, so different world. It's a different world, but I I think Little Rock became bluer, Arkansas became redder.
0: Let's go back uh, to the loyal opposition, if you will. I I had my Sunday Democrat Gazette out. You you know, my Sunday mornings, I love my newspapers and my coffee. And uh, I was reading that front page story uh, where our mutual friend, Grant Tenille, told the Democratic Party, uh, look, you, you're going to have to get more, do more than talk. You're going to have to give money. You're going to have to really get out and organize. Uh, and I could picture you, Skip, as a former chairman of the party, of course, back when it was the majority party, but I could picture you nodding your head because the fact is, and it, it's true for both parties, it's true in politics, the people who Complain the loudest often are the ones who don't give any money, don't give any time, and I, I want to take hats off uh, to Grant. That guy served for a year as both party chairman and executive director at no pay, and as the story pointed out, down to replacing the toilets personally in Democratic Party headquarters. Yeah,
1: Grant Neal deserves a lot of credit, and quite frankly, he. Uh, he stabilized the financial ship of the Democratic Party. Yeah,
0: because it was sinking when he took uh, over and, and a year he ago. St- he
1: stabilized it. But he, but but again, I think you also have to look at, yes, the Republicans did well statewide, no doubt about that. But I think you also have to look at... You know, Ashley Hudson in West Little Rock, Kathy Lewis in a J.P. in West Little Rock, Clark Tucker won big, Andrew Collins beat a good candidate and mm-hmm. John Wycliffe. In good b- candidate. So the Democrats got some wins, particularly among white voters in West Little Rock. So Grant, I think, made a, some headway in the party in building its base, and Pulaski and, and Jefferson County are its base. I I think he set the stage. He's right. The people in the hinterland need to give a little bit to the party. But I also think he set the stage for a new young chairperson to come in, perhaps a Megan Godfrey, former legislator, whose people are looking at to, again, excite the the young base. Because what you're seeing in some parts of the state, not there yet, but in Bentonville and in Fayetteville
0: and other places, beginning to look more purple. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, no big surprises as to the outcomes politically, but again, maybe some surprises as far as the percentages. And one of those, let's pull back to a nonpartisan race, was mayor of the city of Little Rock. You and I have had some discussions in recent days, and one of the things you said, even with all the problems we've had at City Hall in recent months, you think that Frank Scott ought to get his due politically and, I, and I, again, I was low on that one. I thought Frank Scott would be reelected, but I thought it would probably be in a runoff. He easily clears 50 percent, up around 53 or so. And you said, you know, people need to give him more credit politically than you think a lot of them are right now.
1: Yeah, I think Frank White won. I mean, Frank White. Scott, I, I, you know why I think about Frank White? I drove through Mount Holly Cemetery. Ah. Uh, today on my way down here I love Frank White well and you know and I I, and he's buried there Mm -hmm. and when I drive through there I drove through there and 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 I thought of him I thought you know Gay White lives right down the street for me it's the Christmas season uh, and I and I was thinking of him so yeah all right
0: but let's get to Frank Scott Jr.
1: let's get to Frank Scott I, I don't think people are giving him enough political credit he faced the most well funded opponent in Little Rock's mayoral history he had all sorts of negative press, a lot of it self-inflicted, but he had all sorts of negative press. He had a lot of people working against him. And, and you know, I'd go out with our, a lot of our buddies and, you know, and they'd say, well, I'm just, I'm just, I just can't vote for him. Yeah. Well, on election night, not only did Frank Scott win, but he brought a new city director along with him. And so you can argue about policies, and that's a fair point to make, and you can argue about uh, his administration. It's a fair point to make. But in terms of politics, Frank Scott won a decisive Mm reelection.
0: That he did. That said, again, there was and has been, and obviously I feel strongly about this, I'm in the newspaper business, a real lack of transparency at city hall in recent months there's just been you know the taxpayer is justified in saying there's something not right here something being hidden here and i I wrote a, a, a sunday column because uh, you and i are old timers saying in a way Scott's first term reminded me of Bill Clinton's first term as governor, trying to do too much youthful arrogance, not having any old heads around you, uh, just people your age that are uh, congratulating you. And so I, I think the key is going to see if Frank can take that majority now and pivot after being a successful campaigner to being a successful mayor from a policy standpoint. And you and I both know he's going to have to work with other members of the city board of directors to achieve big successes.
1: I have this basic rule in politics. I've lived it and used it and cited it my entire life, that when you win an election, it is up to you to start the healing process. It is not up to the losers. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is up to the winner. The winner needs to reach out and say, is there an opportunity for a new beginning? So in terms of working with the city board, I believe that Frank Scott should one-on-one, notwithstanding the freedom of information law, but one-on-one, have opportunities where he can show compassion, forgiveness, and, and try to build a a coalition now it doesn't mean they're going to agree on every issue that's is not I'm not saying that but there are some great needs in Little Rock that we need to pull together on and I hope again and I hope the board I say this on the other side mm-hmm. I hope the board looks at the, that, that Little Rock overwhelmingly voted for Frank Scott in areas of the city you know when they when people start screaming about things Frank got a huge vote throughout most of the city and but he organized he had a great political strategy if i were talking to him today i would say mayor your political strategy is as good as any political strategy i've seen in an election you had it he predicted the way this was going to go from the very beginning turn that political strategy into a governmental strategy and build that same coalition
0: for the city yeah a- absolutely absolutely Let's move off of politics for just a few minutes, and let's take it out statewide. And I've got to tell you, Skip, I am pretty optimistic, pretty much a glass-half-full guy as far as our economy in Arkansas right now. And I want to kind of bounce around the state, and these are some trends I have written about later. But we'll start up in northwest Arkansas, and I have coined a phrase Boomier, and that is the boom is getting even boomier. It's not slowing down. It is speeding up up there. We have seen, obviously now, the expansion of Crystal Bridges going on, which is one of the great art museums in the world already. We've got Walmart spending over a billion dollars on a campus that is going to be unlike anything this part of the country's ever seen. It'd be like something out of the Silicon Valley, over a billion dollars with a B just on the construction of that campus. And I almost think in a way we have gotten jaded to big announcements coming from that part of the state because I don't think the announcement that Tyson Foods is bringing in a thousand white-collar workers from all over the country to live in northwest arkansas got the attention it deserved i think we've almost yawned now when great news comes from northwest arkansas but skip i know you'll agree with me on this a thousand white-collar workers that's the equivalent of landing a major new corporate headquarters that's as if frito-lay or somebody were moving their corporate headquarters to arkansas that's that's huge it is huge and and i i, I think that uh
1: we should celebrate all, all of the above that you that you talked about.
0: And I could go on record enrollment at the University of Arkansas. Alice Walton starting her own medical school. I, I could go on and on. Yeah, there,
1: there, there is a lot going on in northwest Arkansas, and I think we should take pride in that. I think that we also, though, you know, it's like, as you know, having two sons. Sometimes uh, one's up, one's down sometimes Mm -hmm. one sometimes one needs more attention than the other and I think one of the things that I I will always appreciate about Mike Beebe's tenure as governor is that he never he he put it as one Arkansas he never he never pitted one region of the state against the other I think that what we need to do is celebrate the great wins in northwest Arkansas the quality of life there the great things they're doing but realize that it's for the benefit of all of Arkansas, and then how can we uplift the other parts of the state? Because you and I have talked about this. Northwest Arkansas, do, Central Arkansas is doing pretty well. I mean, you drive around Little Rock, and you see a lot of construction, particularly mm-hmm. on the highways. You it be, is.
0: I'm going to get to that.
1: But uh, and, and and Jonesboro Paragool are doing well. But buddy, we you go much deeper than that, and we got some serious issues. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we need to do our focus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go to a few other areas where there are some things going on, though, that I think we need to talk about. Let's go from northwest over to northeast where your old college roommate Cliff Chitwood and the others in Mississippi County are now creating what is going to be the largest steel producing county in america u.s steel building its new plant they had another plant announcement come in after that they're going to be five steel mills in that county up and operating soon skip i think as recently as 20 years ago if anybody had told either of us that arkansas would be the steel capital of America, I think we probably would have laughed at the idea. Yeah, you're
1: exactly right, and, uh, and you're right about It's exciting. It. Well, it is, and I'm thrilled for Cliff Chetwood, who is literally one of the good guys of this world. Uh, and I am I am thrilled for him and, and and his investment, his time, his commitment to his home region. He deserves, and others, a, a great deal of credit. I think the challenge that we have to look at in Blyville is something that it, be, it even goes beyond economic development, and that is quality of life.
0: Getting those workers to actually live in our That's exactly
1: right. And I A think, lot of
0: them come, live in trailers for four days, go back home because yeah. they work four on, four off. And
1: I think that's what we have to work on. And I know that's on Cliff's agenda, uh, uh, getting the jobs first, and that's important. I agree. Uh, and building it up and making the skill capital, I agree but I think the quality of life and encouraging people to live and and grow and build in the Delta from a a personal individual perspective, uh, it should be
0: uh, high on uh, on the list. All right, let's move now to Fort Smith, and um, I I love to write about Fort Smith because it's one of our three largest cities, and yet it's almost out of mind to so many of our fellow Central Arkansas residents. It's like it's part of Oklahoma to them. You don't hear that much. And those people, you know, they're the capital of West Arkansas. They don't consider themselves Northwest Arkansas, as you know, and they don't like being lumped in there. But I see nothing on the horizon to derail this. We haven't seen a final announcement yet. I think we will in 2023. But Fort Smith Skip, as you know, is about to become the biggest fighter pilot training center for american allies that will come from all over the world it initially will create about a thousand jobs we were talking about tyson's thousand additional in northwest this will be a thousand jobs and one of my friends in economic development told me at Fort Smith, this will be the economic equivalent of an automobile manufacturing facility. It's it's very exciting also for that part of the state. No, I agree. And I think Fort Smith,
1: uh, quite frankly, is one of our most – you talk about people yawning about the announcements from northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think Fort Smith is one of our most underrated cities.
0: I agree. I, I, love, think, I spent the 4th of July, <laughs> to be I, I, honest I with you. I think it's
1: an underrated city. I, I don't think people – Quite understand, and it's really interesting. I don't think people quite understand, uh, you know, how fighter pilots can become economic development engines. But I under, but but yes, they are. The jobs are there. The training's there. The people coming in. The people staying there, shopping there, eating there, living there. So I think Fort Smith for future Governor Sanders should be an an area where the economic development, uh, because that's that that. It, it, it has not obviously gotten the attention of Northwest Arkansas or Central or even Jonesboro and Perigot, but I agree with you. I think it's a it's a blossoming area that was strong, kind of struggled, is coming back, got the the Marshalls Museum mm-hmm. right, there the, right, there, right there on the river. It's going to open in 2023. Right there on the river, a lot of good downtown, a lot of good people doing some good things there. Nice college there. There's a lot of good advantages of Fort Smith. Needs some uh, statewide economic development attention.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned earlier, and I I kind of chuckled over here, our our buddies who like to gripe in Little Rock. And uh, I think to some people, uh, some of the dysfunction that we have seen, the infighting on the board at City Hall has overshadowed what you touched on a minute ago, and that is there's some very positive economic trends In central Arkansas. We've talked about them on previous podcasts when I've had you, but we're becoming a real distribution and logistics hub. Amazon now employing about 5,000 people in central Arkansas. Lowe's, uh, Dollar General, Tractor Supply all building huge distribution facilities as we speak. I'm told there are more announcements on the way, so we've got that going. Meanwhile, the financial sector, Banco ZK, Simmons, Own and Own, Little Rock's becoming a a real regional banking hub there are several economic trends that are that are playing out very well in central arkansas no
1: i agree and i, I think you're exactly right sometimes we uh, we tend to, to point out what's wrong rather than what's right and a lot of good things and again i give uh, brian day i give jay cheshire i give frank scott credit a lot for this economic development jobs movement here in Little Rock. So I, I think there's a lot going right. Now, one of the things that we we have to go back to the Mike Beebe vintage, which is let, let's remember that, that when we, we do well and people get jobs and the, and the water rises, and Lord knows we, we need a lot of rain, mm-hmm. um, you know, the whole state benefits. Absolutely. And so we want people to succeed. Yeah. What I don't have never understood is that why does somebody want somebody to fail? Exactly. I, I've never
0: understood I never the bought, Northwest versus Central. I've stuff. never bought into that. Having there's lived only it. three million of us here. Well, We're one I,
1: small family. Yeah. I mean, lived in Northwest Arkansas, went to school up there, loved the University of Arkansas, had a great time. Uh, oh. I, you know, I, I just I don't get it. But but I understand that that it can be, and part of it evolves around a lot of other things. But still. I think there are good things happening and we have to t- talk about those in terms of where we're going and I do believe and I want to I want when you get to the part i want to get into tourism here in a minute yeah, but but, yeah. but you go ahead and go the rest of, if you want to travel other parts of the state
0: well and obviously we hadn't mentioned the south half of the state at all I'm a native as you mentioned of South Arkansas want to see it do well suddenly as U.S. and its allies provide all of these arms to Ukraine, stocks are being depleted around the world, and that has led to a boom in the defense industry. Again, one of those stories I don't think enough Arkansans realize that that war is being won in part with weapons Being made in the pine woods of South Arkansas. 3,000 jobs already in the Camden area, hundreds more open right now if they could just fill them. And there's no end in sight to the growth of the defense industry. Meanwhile, experiments continue to remove lithium, which is going to be needed for electronic vehicle batteries from bromine, which is a byproduct largely of the oil and gas industry, which again, people in the know told me could be the new oil boom, the equivalent of the 1920s oil boom for South Arkansas. So finally, Skip, I think there's some good economic news going on in the South half of yeah, the state. Yeah, and I do that. And I got to say that uh, we're beginning to
1: see Good news developing out of the another city you and I both like a lot, and that is Pine Bluff, mm-hmm. uh, that has, again, taken a brutal beating over the years. But um, thanks to a lot of people, including Simmons Bank and Tommy May and George Macris and others who have never— lost their hometown. Support. Not at all. Not at um, all. But then I think you look at UAPB is one of the few colleges that's
0: been growing over the years. It has. Chancellor uh, Alexander has done a wonderful job and there. And I, I
1: I think that a new hotel now is coming in uh, alongside the...
0: Well, you're going to have one next to the convention center, yeah. and then Saracen is still going forward, so you're going to have two new hotels. That's exactly right. Carlton Saf
1: has done a great job in, in, mm-hmm. in building uh building that uh, brand. And so I, I'm fairly encourage that that there's some uh, in, in south arkansas some positive things happening i Dorado is a city to me that has all the potential in the world mm-hmm. um and, and i and i hope
0: one of my favorite downtowns in america I say a great downtown
1: but I, I and i hope something big and good happens there mm-hmm. too
0: and this lithium thing could it could could be it now you want to talk about tourism we mentioned Sarah Huckabee Sanders good cabinet choices Mike Mills now I got to tell you because you and I are both getting a little older I, I don't know why Mike would want to take off his own at age 72 but thank goodness he's doing it uh, he's going to be a great leader for parks heritage and tourism
1: you know it's interesting because in parks and tourism and uh, and I want to get back to say that let me just say this point right now. I'm not a hunter, but I really enjoy reading Brian Hendricks'
0: mm. columns. Some of the best parts of the paper
1: in, in the in the Democrat. And thank goodness for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette being a daily statewide newspaper. But Brian writes really good stuff about the importance of the outdoors as it relates not just to hunting and fishing and camping, and, but but to tourism. He raised an issue. The other, he wrote an article the other day. I don't know Austin Booth, but Austin Booth came, plan, came up with a plan that said he wanted to do a, a, a conservation tax rebate for, for private lands to provide, to ensure uh, waterfowl and other habitat, mm-hmm. and to raise hunting and fishing fees to provide for more biologists. And it was shot down by Senator Hester right on the spot. I was waiting to see what the governor-elect thought about that. I think it's a
0: good idea. I think it's a great idea. I, I weighed in on social media, and I, I, I tell you, I do know Austin Booth, and he's the real deal. He is a great I leader for Hanging Fish. I think that is a
1: great—if we are going to talk about Arkansas's economic development, and we should, tourism is very much a mm-hmm. part of it. And one of the ways you keep the Delta strong is to keep the outdoors strong. And I, I think what Austin Booth is proposing, uh, given—several years ago, Rex, we did a program at the Clinton School. People look at me like was crazy. It wasn't the first time. It won't be the last. But it was—we did a program called Climate Change and Duck Hunting. And, I was there. And to, to watch people's eyes realize what—one the, 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 of the reasons the climate's changing—you can agree with it, you can talk about it politically, but the, but the ducks know it. Mm-hmm. and. And so, what Austin Booth is proposing is an investment, and it's a it's fifteen
0: million dollars. Yeah. Rex, we got a billion Snuffing. dollar surplus. A- absolutely, well I mean, over a billion.
1: I mean, come on! I mean, this about one point six two eight. this is a really good idea. Great idea. Uh, Great, and, and I hope, I hope, uh, Governor-elect uh, Sanders and her husband Brian and and Mike Mills and others who have strong commitments to tourism.
0: Well, you just have to run over the Bard Hesters of the world. I'll be more honest than you probably want well, to be and the fact is uh, but, but we we thankfully we have a strong leader over on the house side in Matthew Shepard. This is the kind of thing I can see him getting behind.
1: Well, it's I mean $15 million and this it makes sense because yeah, we, tax don't have, credits, we don't have we don't have we don't have enough public land mm-hmm. to do it. So in other words, the private land Boards, I mean, comes right up to the public. Absolutely. So the, and the, the ducks don't know
0: the difference. No, no, the deer don't know the difference. The, de- the turkey, the bear, they don't know, so know the difference.
1: How can you encourage someone uh, to invest
0: in the habitat? Mm-hmm. Well, a tax. You're talking at the most ten thousand per land mm-hmm. Rex. That's absolutely great on. idea. And we need to raise those license fees too. We do. It's yeah. been a long time. And, and get some biologists out there and help us help us prepare.
1: Because if you – you know, one of the things that I give Brian Day and them credit for in mm-hmm. the Little Rock Chamber, I give Jay Chester credit for this, is they are developing this super site at the port. It's one of my predictions, I well, actually. But again, I, I look at what Austin Booth is doing. He's developing super sites, mm-hmm. not from an industrial standpoint, but from a conservation sporting tourism standpoint and he should be applauded
0: yeah we'll be back with more of the southern fried podcast but first this break hi rex nelson here thanks for listening so far A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad, provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras, all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call one 800 482 1121 or visit us online at arkansahonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We better get to predictions or we're going to run out of time right quick, Skip. I'll, I'll start since we're already there. My prediction for central Arkansas for 2023, and I may be stealing one of yours, but that super site, more than 1,000 acres. I mean, you've got interstate highways right there. You've got a national airport right there. You've got river transportation there. You've got major railways. Right I think by the end of 2023 we'll be close if not seeing an announcement a major major announcement for that super site that'll bring hundreds if not thousands of new jobs to central arkansas i
1: agree with you i think again it depends on how quickly they can relocate all that the vor yeah from the all airport. That stuff. Yep. But, but i i i would predict they're already starting to market the site Mm -hmm. They're already pre-marketing the site. So I think in 2023, you're going to see, whether if you don't see an announcement, you're going to see major marketing. It may be 2024, but the point is, is that we're in the mix. And that's good planning. That is exactly good planning. So hats off. My prediction is, is that sometime in the next few months, the dental accreditors and the veterinary school accreditors, Higher higher Learning Commission is already Mm -hmm. accredited, are going to say yes to a dental school and yes, to a vet school in downtown Little Rock, bringing hundreds. We're, you know, you're talking about Tyson. Oh, yes.
0: I've heard of maybe about 1,000 when you take faculty and students for my, both my guess, schools, My right? guess
1: it'll probably be 700, seven, wow. seven, 700 750. It's but, huge for downtown Little but, Rock. But but that's just on the dental school and vet school complexes themselves. What else do you bring? Housing renovations, coffee shops, restaurants bars auxiliary industries what else do you bring yeah you know this is a big deal
0: yeah i'm going to uh, on my next prediction i'll go back up to the northwest with all the things that are going on and i'll stay with positive because i am pretty positive about arkansas right now my super site for central arkansas prediction was positive this one is positive i think this whole health institute and this new medical school that Alice Walton is starting is going to be far bigger than most Arkansans realize. Once now, she she just named her board of advisors, and the dean of the Stanford Medical School is on it. That's that's huge for Arkansas. Skip anybody who's watched Crystal Bridges knows that Alice Walton does not do things in a small way. And I've been told she has a vision that one of these days, Northwest Arkansas will be where people from around the country come like they now go to the Mayo Clinic or the Cleveland Clinic for care.
1: Look, I, I think there's no doubt that that's going to be a premier facility, and that's good. It's good. It's, it's good for all of Arkansas. My prediction uh, that I'd like to, to make is that Arkansas Children's Hospital will continue to grow. It will continue to expand it will continue to uh, bring in specialists, and Arkansas is so blessed to have a high-quality children's hospital. The challenge that, whether it's Alice Walton or UAMS or Arkansas Children's, gonna have, besides hospital financing, is that we are seeing an post-COVID, even before COVID, an unprecedented mental health crisis in in the state, particularly mm-hmm. among. It's gonna be a challenge so uh we need strong medical facilities
0: and i and i want to mention back to central arkansas good trends and and i know and this is another show we've got a lot of problems with rural hospitals but here in Little Rock, I had a medical procedure yesterday, as you know. I was on the Baptist Health main campus, had to be there at 8 a.m., and I was looking at that bumper-to-bumper traffic, filling every parking lot. So not just children's, but UAMS, Baptist, uh, St. Vincent, uh, Cartai, the healthcare sector is a huge economic generator for Central Arkansas. No, I agree. Enormous. And I, think, I, I agree. I,
1: I, I just I think all of it is great. I, I'm just of the belief that you know specialized children's care mm-hmm. uh, is such an important part of economic development and families relocating and all that. The other prediction I'm going to make, and you may disagree with me on this, which is fine, is that I think we're going to continue to see remote work grow. I think there are people that uh, clearly have become accustomed to, like, more productive. As someone said, uh, the reason why people used to come in early and work late is because it's the only time they could get anything done because of the confusion during the rest of the day. I think we're going to see remote work take an even stronger hold.
0: One of my predictions, it may be wishful thinking on my part, Skip, but I, I think I'm on target here. I think Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to be a lot more pragmatic and a lot more moderate than a lot of her detractors are leading you to believe right now. And obviously I was there when her father Mike Huckabee, surprised those same detractors in his first years as governor? Well, she certainly
1: surrounded herself with a lot of good people so far. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you got to give credit for that. And, and, and I think she's made some good appointments, and I think she's surrounded herself with good people. I agree. I think 2023 is going to be an interesting time for Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she's going to have to walk through a legislative session which is, uh, as you know, no matter...
0: How, <laughs> it can be awful. It, no matter, uh, I, I was in the governor's office for five yeah, of you them. Know, it can be awful. That
1: can be challenging. But she's also got to... Because her toe is in the water on the national scene because of her close friendship and work with President Trump on how all this plays out with Trump and DeSantis and what happens in the Republican Party and does Kevin McCarthy get to be speaker. She's going to have... The, the the national Republican
0: issue and what Trump and it's going to be an interesting thing to watch mm-hmm. it really is one other prediction then I'll see if you have any more quickly before we go again an optimistic one on my part I mentioned the lithium extraction I think we're going to see some real breakthroughs in that the Chinese control most of the lithium market in the world now and there's a real national focus on getting this back, domestic production, and again, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think South Arkansas is going to be one of the leading domestic producers.
1: Yeah, and I think you're, right, and I hope you're right. Uh, and I, and I,
0: a new think, oil boom, in other words. Well, it could if, be,
1: and that that's a good. I, I think a prediction that I am not as, uh, as highly optimistic about is that we're getting ready to hit an enrollment cliff mm-hmm. uh, in terms of of higher education, and uh, I think that's going to be a challenge. Uh, for colleges and universities not just in arkansas but, but 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 all over the
0: country yeah skip I knew it'd go fast we're out of time we've we've even run over time today thank you so much and I hope you and your family have just a great. Holiday season. Thank you, Rex, and I hope you enjoy your sister's mince meat. Diet. Oh, absolutely. Got to have it. Got to have it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in 2023. This has been the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.